0: Welcome to the podcast of Church on the Rock in New Albany, Indiana. We believe the message you're about to hear will encourage you today. So, uh, if you got your Bibles with you, let's do Second um, Timothy. Let's start here. Second Timothy. We're going to start there this morning. We're going to continue the series about life by design. Anybody excited? about this series, Life by Design. Have you guys been getting anything from Life by Design? So let's start here this morning. I got a lot to say today, and you guys are like, well, it's new, Pastor. You always have a lot to say, but I do. And uh, it's going to help you this morning, and uh, I believe it's really going to encourage you. But I have a lot of things I want to share with you today. And uh, we're going to start here, 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. Very familiar verse. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love, and a sound mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Everybody say a sound mind. Everybody say a sound mind. I Man, doesn't that feel just good to say that? A sound mind. So if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is, get your mind right. Look at your neighbor and say, get your mind right. Look at your other neighbor and say, get your mind right. This morning, I want to talk to you about get your mind right. And I want to talk this morning about mental discipline. If you've been here on Sundays, I have no way I can recap because I've said a lot. But we've been talking about we're either living our life by design or by default. Most of us live it on autopilot. We live it on default and we we never change. We never do anything differently. And then we wonder why our life turns out the way it does. Why we have the mind we do, why we have the body we do, why we have the spirit we do, why we have the relationships we do, why we have the finances we do. But the only person's problem that is, is your own. Because you have chosen to live a life by default and not by design. How many know if you've got to live a life by design, you have to put some effort into it. You have to make some plans. You have to have a vision. You have to be intentional, not just once a year, but every day of your life. You have to live a life on purpose, for a purpose, with a purpose, if your life is going to be by design. But the major thing we've been saying about life by design, it's a key word for this series, is the word discipline. To get you from the design that you have for your life to the dream that God has for you, you have to be disciplined. Now, discipline is not a bad word. It's a good word. And if you knew what it did in your life, you would love the word discipline. Now, discipline, as we know, is a word that implies pain, meaning sometimes doing the right thing Because you want to get the right result, it's going to hurt. When you go to the gym, when you don't want to go to the gym, you want to be lazy and watch Netflix, it's going to hurt. But you're going to be better for it. Why? Because you're getting closer to the dream that God has for you. When you choose core life, you, you want to go there with me today? Physical disciplines is next week. When you choose core life over Mickey D's, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt real bad. But you're going to appreciate it later when you feel better, when you look better, when you have more energy and you're not on the toilet because you ate big D's. You're going to appreciate the discipline you had at the moment. But all discipline is painful, the Bible says in Hebrews, at the moment. It's painful. It hurts. It's uncomfortable. But it works for you because it says if you stay with that, you will reap a harvest You will reap a harvest or you will get the results you want to have if you lean into discipline and not run away from discipline. But this morning, I want to talk about mental discipline. That's why we titled it Get Your Mind Right. And I got a lot to say about the mind this morning. So I'm preaching this message about the mind, not just from the perspective of I'm a pastor and uh, I just got to tell you what the Bible says. That's important. And I am going to do that because I know what the Bible says about your mind. But I'm preaching this not just from that perspective. I'm preaching that from the perspective of someone who's lived through that. Right. Right. Come on. Yes. Now, some of you have heard my story. I'm not going into it. But just like most of us in here, there's been times in our life that you have struggled mentally. You have been under mental attack. And there were seasons of my life that I was having Panic attacks, extreme panic attacks, and didn't even want to get up and preach, didn't even want to get out of the house. There was times in my life that I had extreme anxiety and extreme depression, and even to the place of um, feeling like, if I'm going to feel like this the rest of my life mentally, I don't want to live. Can we say that on Sunday morning? Because we all go through mental pressure like that. And the enemy loves that because that's actually the area he attacks you the most is in your mind or your soul. You need to know that as we get into this message that the enemy's target is your mind and your soul. And that's why a lot of us in here, we feel so much mental, emotional pressure on us. And we're living in stressful times. We're living in times that Mentally, it's hard to deal with, and emotionally, it's hard to deal with. And the enemy loves that because if he can have your mind, he has you. Now, he can't touch your spirit because your spirit is born again. It belongs to God. He can't get in your spirit, but he attacks your soul, which is your mind, your will, your emotions. That is the battleground for the enemy. But I'm going to share it from my own perspective as someone who's went through it and gotten on the other side of it on what actually works and what doesn't work. And what does the Bible say? Um, Because I'm not preaching this from a perspective of you guys got mental issues and I don't. No, I've had plenty. and, uh, And I still have to stay on it to not have issues because there's an enemy. And we're living in a world full of a lot of pressure and anxiety, depression. And we need to know how to be mentally strong. Mentally resilient people. God made us as his church. We should not be falling apart like every other person on the planet when there's wars and rumors of war. We should not be going hiding in our bunker in Idaho. With our canned goods talking about this is the end of the world. No, get your mind right. Have a strong mind. This is the greatest days for the church. But if the church is going to have a weak mind, we're going to act just as fearful as the world. Just as anxious as the world. Just as depressed as the world. Just as I want to talk about Fox News and CNN like everybody else. No, get your mind right. We should not be like everybody else. But a lot of that has to do with our mind. And if you're going to have a strong healthy mind if you're going to have good mental health guess what you're going to have to have a disciplined mind let me say this wow we're going to be here for two and a half hours because i got so much in me right now bring the sandwich sandwich. that's right exactly right i am for You take your medication if you need to take medication for your mind. Hear what I'm going to say here. I am for you going to counseling and therapy if you need it for your mind. But let me tell you this. You can take every anxiety, depression medicine you want. You can do all the yoga and breathing treatments you want. You can go to 10 counselors and 10 therapists, and you can go get massages every week. But guess what? If you don't have a disciplined mind, you will still have poor mental health. Because that's not going to fix it unless you do something about your own mind. Because a therapist can't think for you. A counselor doesn't live in this brain. And even the medication can't stop the thoughts that are coming to your head. They can just make you feel a little better so you can deal with your own thoughts. That's what the medication's for. But you will still have poor mental health and still struggle unless you have a disciplined thought life in mind. Wow, I'm preaching already. (laughs) I'm right here and we got so many pages to go. But one of the things that I heard Pastor Keith Moore, who I love dearly, say many years ago, and it's a very simple statement, but at the time being, I was so overwhelmed by my thoughts by what was going on in my mind, I felt that I couldn't stop it from coming. And if you look that up, they call those thoughts racing and intrusive thoughts. It's interesting the word intrusive thoughts. What are intrusive thoughts? Well, it comes from the word intruder, meaning somebody you don't want there and has broken in. And that's what A lot of us feel when we we are overcome by anxiety and depression, those are intrusive thoughts. Those are not from you. They're from somebody else who has intruded into your mind, and they're intrusive thoughts. But if they keep coming and coming and coming, you're like, who opened the back door? Because these thoughts keep coming and coming and coming, and I can't stop it, and that's where people get hopeless. Because the thoughts keep coming and coming and coming and coming, and it's intrusive. It's intruding into your mental health. But Pastor Keith Moore said this when I was in the heat of that battle. Real simple statement. It's not like heavy revelation. But at the time, I needed somebody to remind me of this. And he goes, your mind is your mind. And you can choose to think about whatever you want to think about. Very simple statement. But at the time being, I felt like, no, I can't think about whatever I want to think about. Because I'm overwhelmed. I can't stop these from coming. But somebody had to speak the truth. Which the truth is not what your therapist says. The truth is not what the news says. The truth is what God's Word says. Come on now, somebody. And the truth is your mind is your mind. And you can choose to think about whatever you want to think about. Now, that's the truth. Now, I know we always don't feel that way, and sometimes we're under attack, and those thoughts keep coming and coming and coming, but guess what? The truth is, no matter how much they come, your mind is your mind. And if you make the decision, you can choose to think about whatever you want to think about. And that little statement right there rescued me in one of the darkest seasons of my life. It was very simple, but at the time, I felt like, no, I can't stop. And I don't know what I'm going to do about that. I feel hopeless. I feel like I don't want to live this way mentally the rest of my life. That small line, my mind is my mind. And I can think about whatever I want to think about. And he was reminding me what of the word. And that's what I want to do today. I want to remind you of what the word of God says about our mind. And being mentally disciplined. Let's look at 2 Timothy 1.7 in the Amplified. Look at what it says. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. You see what this says in the Amplified? Now, if you know anything about the Amplified Bible, the Amplified Bible really just brings out what the Greek language is saying. So this verse, when we say we have a sound mind, notice what it says. That God has given us sound judgment, personal discipline. Some translations say self-discipline. And notice what that personal self-discipline in your mind does. Abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Now I'm going to say something that might ruffle a few feathers. You think this verse means... God just gifts you a sound mind. So I got it. What does this Bible say in the Amplified? God says through his word, I'm not going to give you a sound mind in the sense of just giving you a gift and you just unwrap it. I'm going to give you the gift of self-discipline. And when you're self-disciplined and personally disciplined in your thought life, the result will be. The result will be a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. But what do we want in the church? We want a prayer line to fix it. Can can we get the sound mind in the prayer line? No, because the gift that God gave you is self-discipline, personal discipline in your thought life that produces the calm, well-balanced, and sound mind you want. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. How do we put God's word to work in our life and we are personally disciplined or self-disciplined in our mind? Now, why are we doing that? Because we want a calm, well-balanced, and sound mind. And the only way to get there is that we are disciplined in our thought life and in our mind. Now, the good news is God literally just said, I'm going to help you do that. He's not saying you got to do it on your own. It's your own strength. It's your own power. God says, I'm going to give you the power to do it. I'm going to give you the love to do it. And I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit within you that's going to give you the self-control and self-discipline to overcome those wrong thoughts in your mind. I'm gonna give you the Spirit of God that's gonna give you the ability to be personally disciplined in your thought life. I'm gonna give you the Spirit of God that's gonna give you the ability to think strong and healthy and have good mental health. Why? Because you're disciplined in your mind. It says the result will be a calm, well balanced, and a sound mind. But we gotta get our mind right, we need to have strong minds. We need to have some mental toughness, yes, sir. Right. mental resilience. Yes. Now, we're living in times and days where people are giving up everything. Yes. Right. They're quitting yes. everything. Right. You know what that is related to? No mental resilience. Yes. Right. They don't have a strong mind. We're living in days that people are quitting their marriages. Why? Because they had a thought. It always starts, starts in your mind first. They're quitting their jobs. I don't have to go over this, but it's called the re- great uh, resignation in our country. Millions of people quitting their jobs, sometimes for good reason, a lot of times not. Because they have no mental resilience. Quitting their church. are we here this morning well I just got out of the habit of coming to church during COVID okay well get your mind right again quitting their church over offense about politics quitting their church over racism quitting their church over all sorts of assumptions about other people that aren't even true but since the enemy is playing with your stinking mind and you have no discipline in your thought life. You're quitting the place that it could help you the most, and the people that love you the most, and the place that God put you to grow the most. You're quitting that over nothing because you don't got your mind right. So, we're living in a generation that's quitting everything quitting our marriages, quitting our jobs, quitting our churches. Quitting being parents because we want to go out and party and live our a second life. <laughs> Quitting all the things that are important because why? It all starts in the mind. Yes, sir. Yes. Before you quit externally, you quit in your mind first. Yeah. 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 That's right. So we need to have a strong mind, a resilient mind, and that only comes through discipline in our thought life and in our mind. The Christian life is not a playground. It's a battleground. Most people don't realize that. And like Joyce Myers eloquently said, the battlefield and battleground is your mind. There's a reason that sold millions and millions of copies in one of the best-selling books is because everyone on the planet can relate to that because the battleground in all of our lives is the mind. Let's turn to Proverbs 23, 7. I appreciate you listening to me so far today. Proverbs 23, 7, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Why is your mind being right so important? Because as you think, so are you. Whether that's good or bad, as you think about you, so are you. No more, no less. All of us have to be honest in here to admit you are right now what you've been thinking about in your past. We are a product of our thought life, but the good news is we don't have to be a prisoner of our thought life. We can change. The difference between victory and defeat in your life is in your mind. Whether you're being healed or being sick your whole life, it's in your mind. You experiencing joy and peace and the things that we want to experience in life, it's in your mind. Because as you think in your heart, Solomon said in Proverbs, so are you. Now we need to realize what we're thinking about. Are we thinking about ourselves the way other people see us? Are we thinking about ourselves the way we see us? Are we thinking about ourselves the way that God sees us? Because a lot of us aren't thinking the way that God thinks about our life. But even though we're not thinking in line with God, we're thinking in line with ourselves or other people or the culture around us. Our life will be determined by our thought life. As you think, so are you. You are what you have become because of your thought life, but it's not what you must be. We can change. Now, the issue is most of us don't think about what we're thinking about. (laughs) This is the way I think. Duh, that's your problem. Because you're thinking, well, I can just think any way I want and I'm going to have the life I want. Nope. Because as you think, so are you. You can't think negative thoughts and have a positive life. Doesn't work but I want a positive life. Okay, you got to change the way you think. You can't think toxic thoughts all the time and have a great life. As you think, so are you. You can't experience love and peace and joy when you have a bitter, unforgiving, offensive mind all the time. Because as you think in your heart, so are you. But a lot of us in here, we never think or take inventory about what we're thinking about. When that's our biggest issue. And for most of us in here, that's what's holding you back more than anything. It's your thought life. And we never give it one second to think about, should I thought that? Should that be allowed to be in my mind right now? Or I've been thinking this way for several weeks and it's not really helping me. It's hurting me. We never take inventory of our thought life, and that is dangerous. We have to think about what we're thinking about. Because as we think, so are we. So here's a foundational truth you need to remember with your thought life and with your mind. I think it will free a lot of you people in here. When we're dealing with our mind and our thoughts we need to understand not every thought you have is from you. That will set you free this morning because some of y'all are thinking, I'm a pervert. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not every thought you think is from you. Some of you are thinking, well, I mean, I'm, I'm messed up because I had this thought go through my head last week. Not every thought you think is from you well I wanted to do this and I knew I shouldn't have done this and this was like unethical and not every thought you think is from you right. now let me explain what I mean about that and I think it will it will help us today to get a hold of our mental health yeah. and to have a disciplined mind not every thought you have is from you right. yeah. what do I mean by that there's three types of thoughts that we have and I'm going to give you a verse for this that's going to tell you about all three there is God's thoughts. Those are the ones you need. Just give a little answer on the test already. Those are the ones you want. There's man's thoughts. That's just the way just natural people think. The world thinks your own thoughts. And then there's the enemy's thoughts. And every day, we're having all three of those types of thoughts come to us. Some from God, some from ourselves, and some from the enemy. The problem is, most of us never think about what we think about, so we don't analyze, is this thought from God, is this thought from the enemy, or is this thought from me? And that's what messes us up. Because as we think in our heart, so are we. So every thought you think is not just your thought. God's thoughts, man's thoughts, and the enemy's thoughts. Okay, let me give you a verse To um, talk about this. Matthew 16. This is uh, Jesus speaking to his disciples. Specifically Peter. In Matthew 16 and verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples saying. Who do men. Men. Who do men say that I am. Man's thoughts. You with me. Who do men say that the son of man is. Verse 14. So they said, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Okay. That's man's thoughts. But then Jesus said to them, who do you say that I am? Verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Verse 17. Jesus answered and said, blessed are you, Simon Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. Stop. We got God's thoughts already. So, so Peter has said, okay, men say that you're this. That's man's thoughts. And then he said, but you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, you didn't get that from a man. You got that from God. So there's God's thoughts. Now, before we exalt Peter, the passage is not over. Verse 18, and I also say that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed and be raised the third day. Oh, no, Peter. Verse 22, then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. This is Peter rebuking Jesus, by the way. Far be it from me, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Verse 23, but he turned and said to Peter, get. Behind me, Satan. (laughs) You're an offense to me for you're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. There's the enemy's thoughts. In one day, maybe less than one hour, we don't know. Peter had man's thoughts, God's thoughts, and the enemy's thoughts. And Peter was like me. He was someone who talks too much. He said all three of them. He just let it just fly out of his mouth It just verbally just vomited all those thoughts. So one day, Peter, one of Jesus' closest disciples, had man's thoughts, God's thoughts, and the enemy's thoughts. And we all have the same every day of our life. We have man's thoughts coming into our mind. We have God's thoughts, and we have the enemy's thoughts. That's why we have to be discerning about what we think about. Because as we think, so are we. I just want to say a little side note for you in here that are sometimes easily offended. Jesus literally said to one of his church members. Are you with me? Get behind me, Satan. So if your pastor has never said that, you have no reason for offense. I'm just saying. Because everybody's like, well, Jesus, he's the most loving person ever. He is. But he literally said to one of his closest church members, get behind me, Satan. Of course, we know Peter wasn't offended. He kept moving with Jesus and ended up being one of the leaders of the early church. Isn't that amazing? Okay, that wasn't. I wasn't saying that because I wanted to say that to you. I'm just saying. We're so easily offended in our culture we live in today. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan, to one of his best friends. I mean, come on. But I want to deal with specifically the rest of this time, not man's thoughts, but I want to talk about God's thoughts and the enemy's thoughts. Because those are the two major things in our life that we need to focus on when we think every day. Romans 12 and verse 2, very familiar verse, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Everybody say mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So this passage says here that all of us in here, we're either being conformed to this world or the enemy by the way we think, or we're being transformed by God's ways and God's thoughts by the way we think. So all of us in here are either doing Conforming or transforming, based on what we allow ourselves to think about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Why? Because your mind is your mind, and you can think about whatever you want to think about. Yes, sir. Amen. But there's no neutral ground. There's no. Can I be in the neutral spot? No. The Bible says you're either conforming or transforming. Every day, every moment, every thought you're either conforming to the world in the enemy's ways or you're transforming your life to the way that God thinks and God's ways. Now, I love in both of these passages, in both of these words, conforming and transforming is the word form. The word form means to shape or to mold into. That our thought life is changing and our brain is literally physically changing based off of what we're allowing to form us and what we allow ourselves to think about. We're either conforming to the world or we're transforming to God's ways. One translation of this verse said, Don't let the world squeeze you into their mold, but let God remold your mind. Because what we think about is forming our mind. It's forming our thoughts And it's ultimately forming our life because as we think, so are we. But it's interesting, this word conforming, in the original tense of the Greek language, it it is implying that it is a process, hear me, that is already happening. Whether we choose to be a part of it or not, we are constantly being conformed to this world. What does that mean? If you do nothing, you're conformed. If you live by default in your mind, you're conformed. If you never think about what you think about, you're conformed. It's an automatic process that's happening just by living in this world, you're ongoingly the world and the enemy is conforming you to their ways and to their ways of thinking. It's an act already in process. But this word transformed is different than conformed. This word transformed means to change from within. It is the word in the original language metamorpho where we get the word metamorphosis. That is the process that takes place when you change from the inside out. It is a process that takes place when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly and a tadpole turns into a frog. It talks about how the way that God changes us from the inside out, but the world and the enemy is trying to change us from the outside in. But real change happens from the inside out. And when we allow our mind to not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind, we start changing on the inside first. Now, why is that important? Because you got to change on the inside before you change on the outside. you got to get to the root before you change the fruit. In real change, lasting change, external change happens internally before it ha- changes externally. But that only happens through thinking like God thinks. Transforming your mind by the renewing of your mind. Notice that word renewing, that's not once a week at church. Renewing means every day, every moment, every hour. Just because if you're not, you're conforming every moment, every hour, every day. Renewing means every day. Just like you need to take a shower every day. Some of you don't act shocked. Y'all need a shower every day. Most of you two or three showers a day. Middle school boys, where you at? Come on, summer camp's coming. You need showers every day, and the pool does not count, and the lake does not count. That makes you smell worse. You smell like a dead fish. You're never going to get a girlfriend that way. Okay, back to my notes. An ax body spray cannot hide what the devil is doing in your life. My God, I'm preaching in the house of God. I need my organ on that one. You thought you were covered, but you're not covered. It ain't the blood of Jesus. It's good, but it ain't the blood of Jesus. No, you still smell nasty. Where was I? Renew. The Bible says we're either being conformed to the world in our thinking or we're being renewed by the transformation in our mind. Renewing, that means an ongoing process. I love that word renew. Renew, And it's amazing, you know, people that don't go to church and the, you guys do go to church, they say, y'all just getting brainwashed down there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, come on. yeah. yeah we are. And you could use a good wash. That's your issue. Because you don't ever let God's word wash out all that filth. You've been looking at all week. You don't let God's word wash all the, the news you've been been listening to. You don't let God's word wash all the negativity and toxic thinking out of your, your life. You don't let the, the, the word wash all these things out of you. So yeah, when you come to church and when you get in God's word, you are being brainwashed because you need a good wash. Every one of you, I need a wash, you need a wash. People that don't even go to church or care about God's word, they definitely need a wash. You, you need to get it in the deluxe car wash, the $30 one, the one that gets under everything, the one that waxes it off, because we can tell your mind is dirty. Yeah. Yeah. It's nasty. It's crusty, like a middle school boy at summer camp. <laughs> and it needs a good wash. Yeah. So hear me this morning. When people tell you, oh, you just go to that church, you get brainwashed. The Bible's brainwashing you. Yeah, good. Yeah. I need it. And so do you it says in Ephesians that we are washed by the water of the word of God it washes all the guilt come on now it washes all the shame off of us it washes all the the perversion out of us, it washes all the the negativity off of us it washes all the, the thoughts that the enemy has put in our mind, it washes all the things that people have spoken over our life it washes us with the word of God so our mind can be clean Amen. and renewed. Yes, renewed. Right. This word renewed also means to renovate. Right. Yeah. This word renovate means to completely change for the better. Yeah. Wow. How many of you know in here, all of you need some renovation in your mind? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Now, I enjoy Architecture and home decor and home makeovers. I'd enjoy shows like that. I watch them all the time. I'm a big fan of Chip and Joanna Gaines. I am. I'm Team Magnolia. Okay? And why do we love watching shows like that? All of us love watching shows like that because you see an old, dirty, beat-down house and you see it come alive again. Come on now. You see that old house get renovated. It gets completely changed for the better. And that's what God wants to do in your mind when you renew it. When you renew it to God's word and you're transformed by it and not conformed to the enemy's thoughts, God starts renovating your mind, changing it for the better. And he starts throwing out the old couch that you should have got rid of ago 20 years ago. He get ri- gets rid of the toilet that doesn't work. He paints the wall that all your kids have stinking colored on for 15 years. He gets rid of, of the stuff that doesn't work in your house and he, he removes all the mold and he, he takes away uh, the parts of your house that don't function anymore and he puts new carpet down and he puts new lighting fixtures in but that only happens when we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. God starts renovating our mind. Renovate means to change for the better, to completely change for the better. And you know, when he's done with that, people will say, you're different. Yes, that was the whole point. People say, well, you're, you're acting different now and you're talking different now and you don't do the same things you used to do and your life is so different now, you've changed. Yes, and you need to as well. Whoever said the goal was staying the same and stuck? Staying broken down, saying one day we're going to renovate. No, I think differently now, and I live differently now, and I talk differently now, and I am different now, not because of me, because God has renovated my mind by renewing it to God's word. It's called transformation. But the enemy, he conforms you to his way, which is going to hurt your life, which is going to keep you the same, which is going to keep you stuck. But God wants to transform you by the renewing of your mind. Here's some neuroscience to confirm what I'm saying. They say the average person thinks 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts a day. And it's proven that 80% of those thoughts are negative. And 95% of your thoughts are the same repetitive thoughts you thought the day before. What did that neuroscience say? Exactly what God's word just said. You're already being conformed. It's already a process unless you do something to stop it. Unless you do something different, all of your thoughts are going to be 80% negative negative. And they're going to be the same thoughts you thought the day before. 95% of those are going to be the same exact thoughts over and over and over again. That's why everybody says, oh, man, I'm just stuck. I can't help it. I can't think differently. Yes, you can. The reason it feels hard is because you're already being conformed by just living in this planet. And that, that, that process is already happening every day. Unless you make it stop. Lest you choose something different. Lest you decide to live by design, not by default, and say, I'm going to let God transform my mind by renewing it to his word. So important. Are you still with me? I got three things I want to share with you as we close here. And there are three kind of steps in the process of renewing our mind to God's word and having mental discipline they happen to all start with R I know I said God wants to renew our mind but the first one is this we need to resist wrong thoughts when you think a thought and something comes to your mind don't automatically receive it we have a choice to receive it or resist it. If we're going to think the way that God wants us to think and be transformed by the renewing of our mind, we're going to have to resist wrong thoughts. I love Brother Hagan Kenneth E. said this about thoughts. Thoughts are the same way as this. He said, you can't stop a bird from flying over your head, but you can stop one from making a nest in it said, you can't stop a car from riding by your house, but you can stop who comes in your front door. It's the same way with your mind. You can't stop all those thoughts from coming all the time, but you can stop which ones you receive and which ones you resist. If we're going to have great mental health and be mentally disciplined, we're going to have to resist wrong thoughts. Look at this verse in James 4 and verse 7. So humble yourself before God, resist the devil. I know, I know we're too educated to talk about this in 2023, but there still is a devil and there still is demons and there still is things affecting your mind, whether they are seen or unseen. And the Bible says, so humble yourself before God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So what do you do when you get wrong thoughts that come to your mind? You choose to resist them. You don't let them in your mind. You stop them at the front door of your mind. You don't let them get in. Now, here's a really good way to understand what thoughts from God and what thoughts from the enemy. Here's a good test. How does it make you feel? If it's from God... It's going to give you peace. It's going to give you faith. It's going to give you hope, joy, encouragement, strength. If it's from the enemy, you're going to feel depressed, fearful, despair, condemnation, guilt, worry. So when thoughts come to us, we have a choice to resist them or receive them. If it's from God, we receive them. If it's from the enemy, we resist them. Now, this is something you might have to do often, especially if you're in a season where you're under attack. You might have to resist it ongoingly. Yes, that's right. Saying, no, I'm not going to think that way. I refuse to think that way. That is not from me. And I command you, devil, you get out of my mind. And I'm not going to think that way. Because that's not a God thought. That is a thought from the enemy. But we have to be resisting in our posture towards the enemy. I'm going to say it like I feel it. Some of y'all are too soft. I blame your parents and your grandparents. But you are. We don't need to be mean and aggressive to other people. I'm not talking about that. But to the devil, stop being soft on him. He's not being soft on you, so don't be soft on him. You got to get a backbone you got to stand up. you got to get aggressive sometimes to the enemy, not to people and say, I'm not going to think that way. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there. You have no right in my mind, and I resist you. And what is James 4, 7? If you resist the devil, he will flee from you. That's what God's word says. Why? Because God's power and presence is backing you up when you say that. Come on, are you receiving what I'm saying this morning? If we're going to have a sound mind and mental discipline, we're going to have to resist the wrong thoughts. Here's another thing to think about when you're resisting the wrong thoughts. Realize that not everything you think is true. Dr. Daniel Amen, who's done a lot of research about the brain, he says this, don't believe everything you think. Because a lot of it's not true. We go down whole trails of stuff that will never even happen. Because we believe it in our mind. He said, don't just believe everything you think. Because there's other people giving you thoughts, not just your own mind. The enemy. Don't believe everything you think. You have to judge it. Is this a God thought? Or is this the enemy's thoughts? If it's a God thought, receive it. If it's the enemy's, resist it. And it says if we resist the devil, he will flee from us. Here's another good verse before we go to the second point. Philippians 4.8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. These are God thoughts. So they don't line up with this list. Don't let them. In your mind, fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. I tell you what, if you only allow these thoughts in your mind every day, you will have excellent mental health. Money back guaranteed. You will have excellent mental health. If these thoughts are the only thoughts you ever let in your mind, which are God's thoughts, you will have peace. You will have joy. You will have a strong mind if you think these thoughts. Why? Because these are God's thoughts. Once again, why do we struggle? Because we let the enemy's thoughts in too. We listen to his voice more than we listen to God's voice. And we're going to struggle if we do that. We have to choose to resist wrong thoughts. The next one is remove. We're to have to remove the wrong thoughts. Let's just say a little sneaky thought got past you. It happens to all of us. You guys are looking so religious. It happens to all of us, right? Not just me. It's like this thought done snuck in my back bedroom Three weeks ago, and it keeps popping out every once in a while. I'm like, I thought I got rid of you, buddy, but I didn't. So what do you do if a thought sneaks by you? You have to remove it. you got to resist the wrong ones, but if one gets by, you got to remove it. Remove wrong, wrong thoughts. Here's a verse for that. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Let me stop right there. Can we pull it back up? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Let me stop this. Because a lot of people read verses like this and they get really weird. Okay? Maybe you don't know them, but there's a lot of them out there, Christians, charismatic Christians that think this verse means I'm going to wear army fatigues. Weapons of our warfare are not carnal. No, there's really churches that do this, and they think that that what God's talking about here is we're going to go out and wear army fatigues and we're going to fight the devil and we're going to rent a helicopter and pray over the strongholds of the city. You're not laughing, but I know these people. But the strongholds he's talking about here are in your mind. Not out there. They're in here and knows what he says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. I love Rick Renner gives the definition of a stronghold. He says this, a stronghold is a well-defended lie that has somehow got into your mind by the enemy and it's making you stuck. It's a well-defended lie. A lot of us have those in our life. Maybe our parents gave it to us, our grandparents gave them to us, our school we went to gave it to us, but we just think about money a certain way, and it's not the word, but it's a stronghold. We think a certain way about relationships, and it's not the Bible, but it's because our parents told us this, and it's a stronghold in our mind. Or maybe some of you in here have a bad body image about yourself, and you see yourself a certain way that's not true, and nothing's good enough ever, Guess what? That's a stronghold in your mind. It's a well-defended lie. And if it's a stronghold, you need to do something to get it out of your life. Now, how do we do that? Next verse here. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God or the word of God. Bringing every thought. Everybody say thought. Bringing every thought. not, Not just some, but every thought in your mind. Into captivity to the obedience of Christ. These words that are used in this passage are not passive. It says casting down, throwing down. (laughs) Told you, y'all can't be soft on the devil. If a wrong thought gets in there, you need to grab it and remove it. Get it out of your life. Get it out of your thoughts. Get it out of your mind. The the language implied here is the same language that would be if you picked up a snake that was poisonous. How would you treat that? No, no, you wouldn't. Get it off my hands. Some of you. Just because somebody said there was a snake behind you and there wasn't one there, you have run a 20-mile marathon to get away from that snake. If for some reason a a poisonous spider would crawl in your hand, you don't gently go. What do you do? You cast it down. You throw it down. Why? Because it's poisonous and it's toxic, and if it bites you, it's going to kill you. And God says in his word, you need to treat wrong thoughts just like that poisonous, toxic snake. Because it's going to do the same thing in your mind if you let it stay. Come on now, somebody. It's not a joke. It does not need to be played with. It does not need to be petted. You need to throw it down. Cast it down. If it's wrong and it got in your mind, remove it by God's word and get it out. Because if you let it stay, it's going to kill you. Just like a poisonous, toxic snake. If you let it stay, it's going to bite you. That's the same language. He says for wrong thoughts in your mind. If you let it stay, the poison's going to start going up your arm. The toxins are going to start growing to your heart. And you're going to wonder why your spiritual life is the way it is and your relationships are the way they are and your life is going backwards and not forward because you never got rid and cast down, threw down the toxic thinking from the enemy. Are you with me this morning? I'm trying to help you today. That's how serious we need to remove wrong thoughts from our life. Well, pastor, it's been there a long time. I don't care. It's what the Bible calls a stronghold. Get it out. The longer it stays, the worse you'll be. The longer it stays, the more the poison will go throughout your whole body. The longer it stays, the more the toxicness will be in your mind. Got to get it out but but but, how do we get it out we We get it out by speaking. You can't fight thoughts with thoughts. you have to fight thoughts with words. You know when Jesus was tempted in the gospels and um I believe it's Matthew and Mark recorded there in the wilderness. It says that he was tempted three times by the devil. And the devil came and he tempted Jesus. And with all three temptations, he put thoughts in his mind. And all three times, the devil came to Jesus. Jesus didn't just go, out, thank you, out, thank you, out, thank you. He didn't say, oh, I'm going to overcome you with my mind. Don't think about what he just said. Don't think about what he just said. No, don't think about it. No. What did it say? All three times, Jesus spoke the word of God back to him. All three times, Jesus didn't try to outthink the devil. He outtalked the devil. And you got to do the same thing. I don't care if you're not used to it. I don't care if it makes you feel funny because I've never talked back to the devil a day in my life. Maybe you need to start today. Because the spiritual realm is real, both good and evil. And you need to speak to it because you have authority that Jesus has given you. Yeah. Yeah. What did the Bible say? Resist him and he will flee from you. But all three times Jesus said, it is written and quoted him the word of God. And all three times the enemy was defeated and then he left. Why? Because resist the devil and he will flee. But he didn't try to outthink the devil. He spoke to remove the wrong thoughts. Really Lastly, I appreciate you staying with me today. You need to replace the wrong thoughts with God's word. Brother Daryl. could you come play this morning? So, if we're gonna have a strong mind that's disciplined, we're gonna have to resist the wrong thoughts. Then we're gonna have to remove the wrong thoughts. And lastly, we're gonna have to replace those thoughts with God's Word, which is God's thoughts. It's not enough just to resist and remove the wrong ones, we have to replace it with something. We can't just be empty. We need to let God actively transform our mind by his word, renewing it. But how do we know the way God thinks? God's thoughts is written down in God's word. Let's look at Isaiah 55. We're going to start in verse 7. Notice what it starts out and says, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his Thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, and he will have mercy on him to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts, this is God speaking, are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as high as the heavens are than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. But here's the good news. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there and water the earth and it makes it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. God's Thoughts are written in God's word. How, how do we think like him? Well, you're not going to just get it unless he gave it to you. And that's the good news of this because some of us are like, well, how do I replace these wrong way of thinking with new ways of thinking? Well, he gave you his word because automatically he says, no, your thoughts are not my thoughts and my ways are not my ways. So I sent the word down just like I send the rain down. And the word, come on now, is going to do in your life just what the rain does in the natural. It's going to come down. And when my word comes down, it's like the rain that comes from the heaven. It's going to water the earth and it's going to make things grow. It's going to make things change. It's going to make things new. It's going to give you a fresh start. And my word is just like that rain that comes from heaven. And when I send it, it will accomplish the thing that I sent it to do. It will prosper in the thing that I sent it to do because my word has that much power. But if we never get the word in us to replace it, we won't ever experience that in our life. Because as you think, so are you. But when you start thinking the way that God thinks about you, your physical health will start changing. It will. When you start thinking the way that God thinks about you, you'll start changing. Your marriage will start changing. Your money will start changing. Your mind will start changing. Your kids will start changing. Everything around you will start changing. Why? Because his word does not return void. It accomplishes the thing that he sent for it to do. Let's read it from the message and we'll close. Let the wicked abandon their way of life and their evil way of thinking. Let them come back to God who is merciful and come back to our God who is lavish with forgiveness. And I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work, God's decree. For as the sky soars high above the earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. But here's the good news. Just as the rain and the snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they water the earth, doing their work of making things grow and blossom, producing seed for the farmers and food for the hungry, so will the words that come out of my mouth, not come back empty-handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do, and they'll complete the assignment I gave them. Come on, you get anything today? Come on, you can do this, church family. Come on, we're going to be mentally strong people because we do God's Word, and we let God renew our mind and transform it into something new. Are you with me? So remember that this week. What are you going to do? We're going to resist the wrong thoughts. We're going to remove the wrong thoughts, one that snuck in the back door, and then we're going to replace it with God's word. If you do that every day, you're going to have what that scripture said at the beginning, a calm, well-balanced, and a sound mind because you're living with a disciplined thought life in mind. You with me today? Let's stand up this morning. Thank you so much for listening today. For more information about what's happening at Church on the Rock, visit cotrin.org.